This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. A lot, of get, a lot to get to despite there not being a featured game this week. Uh, we've got some news to talk about. I mean, in terms of news, top prospects game, of course, coming up in Kitchener. Tomorrow. Um, you know, lots of thoughts on the weekend. Lots of thoughts. Yeah. Like an alarming amount. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to go on. Like the games that we that caught our eye this week isn't going to be a long one because there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that should be interesting. (laughs) Well, it'll be some fun. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, Suspensions again. A lot of games still being handed out. (laughs) To be determined. Yeah. Hate, hate, hate those three words. Um, can we please, for, can we please, OHL, get video evidence of these suspensions? Yes, I, you just go on the CHL TV and you watch the replay of it, you screen record it. Yes, I know that. But can we get like a reason why some of these are suspensions? Because I got some questions about that <laughs> and accountability. Accountability. Yeah. We'll get on that for sure. Um, Players of the week, of course, goaltender of the week, uh, who we're looking at this coming weekend. And in terms of that, I mean, our featured game. And of course, that always wraps up our show. And this also marks the final show for my 2016 MacBook Air. Um, it's been a good run of... Uh, just under six years. It'll be six years in July or August. I think it was. Got a free pair of Beats headphones when I bought these. So this was dope. Ooh, nice. They lasted 10 months. Yeah. Good quality. Love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I got the MacBook Pro yesterday or Sunday, I guess it was, in uh, in Burlington at Maple View. First time I'd ever been to Maple View in Burlington. That was It was pretty nice. I was surprised. Smaller yeah. than I thought, but it was still pretty nice. Um, yeah, so we'll be firing that up for next week's show. Should be fun. Yeah. Anything, any last words you got to say to the laptop before you retire or wait, wait, we'll say that at the end of the show. Yeah. And a show we'll uh, send off. We'll send the laptop yeah. off in retirement. I'm good. With that. It was a good run though. Yeah. Congrats but you know, what's stu- six years is good. Yeah. Not bad. Eh? For an air yeah. running premiere yeah. audition, Photoshop, yeah. zoom. Not that zoom yeah. up a whole lot, but. Um, by the way apple change your policy i couldn't trade this in person (laughs) like what what we will send (laughs) we will send you a trade-in package and you can ship it through the mail yeah why why can't i just bring it in when i pick up my new one what the hell that makes no sense sense. nice protocol apple congrats stupid god i tell you for a company that started in get covid from touching stuff yeah Sorry. Company that started in their garage, you would think. Yeah. Maybe we'd <laughs> there's a lot of transfer there in the garage back in the day. <laughs> I'm I mean, I'm not being smart. Well, kinda I am, but you kind of I'm are, sure yeah. there was a lot of mail there <laughs> in the garage. No. I'm sure back then I could say, Hey, Steve, Stevie boy, can I uh, drop off my laptop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Oh, and here's your new one. So you don't have two at the same time. Billions and zillions of space trips later. Yeah, right. We're shipping. Welcome to 2022, I guess. Brutal. 
You know, yeah. you know what's even worse is I've had to buy. So the Apple Care was about between two fifty and three hundred bucks for the laptop. Oh, then they like, scam it's, you. It's absolutely worth it. Um, but I've probably spent that much in accessories for the damn thing. Like that, the yeah. stupid adapter you got to plug into the side. I had to buy That's a cable a for my hard drive, which I mean, it was because it didn't have the right port. It, like I, the the case, so I didn't break That's it. Like the phone, three thousand dollar laptop. Of course, I'm gonna buy a case for it. Like one of those. Um, Soft cases that you put in it. No, screen protectors. That's dumb. I have that on this. Yeah. It looks so stupid. What a dumb idea Wait, by Apple. Is that the one? Um, oh. that, that's like buying the Apple. If there. you've ever done that, you're an idiot. But yeah. yeah, I've probably spent that amount in accessories for this thing. So, Well, that's the thing. My phone was like that too. When I got my phone, so it didn't come with a charger. Which, I mean, what do you mean it didn't come with a charger? What? <laughs> it was just a phone. It literally was come in the on. box with a phone. Yeah. The charger's oh, underneath, you know, right? Yeah. You know, there's a card yeah. you lift up, the charger's underneath. Yeah. yeah then there's a charger, and then you get the block. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mine what? did not. What do you mean? Yeah. That sounds like some Simco stuff going on, some sketchy Simco stuff going no, on. No, I got it. I got it in London. Oh, even worse. No. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get but it? Like, if you're allowed to say the name. Oh, I just got that bell. Uh, Maybe oh, that's why. Maybe hmm, that's why. interesting. Yeah, are we allowed to say bell on here? I mean, cheap. <laughs> interesting. Tight wallet. <laughs> bell media. We'll put on a six-hour hockey trade deadline show where we don't talk about one trade until like ten minutes to go. That's terrible, by the way. Anyone? I didn't. Watches- I didn't watch any of it. I had the Tigers Jays game on the radio. By the way, Dan Dickerson did not miss a beat. Guy's nice. a stud. Nice. Yeah. If any, like, why the heck are people watching six hours of trade deadline talk? Like, it's right from the nothing. start. It's literally nothing. Yeah. It's literally irrelevant information. Like, so you turn on Sportsnet this morning as I throw a, a Rogers under the bus. Now, why the hell not? I throw them under the bus because you turn on and Reese says, you know, I'm not a Leaf fan. And I don't have to be biased because this is an OHL podcast. It's not an NHL podcast, so I can talk about that. Nobody gives a crap about the Toronto Maple Leafs when Alec Manoa is making his debut today, and they're playing the Detroit Tigers. Like, why the heck would I care about a 38-year-old Mark Giordano going to Toronto? Is he going to win the Calder all of a sudden? Because he's the same age as Michael Bunting, so you never know. (laughs) You never know, right? You never know. <laughs> They're similar in age, so he might win the Calder. But I don't give a crap. I don't need – if you have a half-hour show, I don't need 28 minutes of talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs about, oh, Austin Matthews got up at 8 o'clock instead of 9 o'clock today. Uh-oh, he might be getting <laughs> traded. I don't care. I don't. Like, I want to know who the heck programs these shows because why the heck do we need 28 minutes of Toronto Maple Leaf talk in two-minute Blue Jay talk. The Blue Jays just traded for Matt Chapman. He hits a bomb. That ball hasn't landed yet from Sunday. And all of a sudden, oh, let's talk about 28 minutes of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't care. And, pers- and quite frankly, half the country does not care about the Toronto Maple Leafs, believe it or not. So please get off that. It's a, such a pet peeve of mine because, hey, the Raptors beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Don't hear one word about that. So if you want to get on my buttons, programming please Which, i mean not it's, everybody it's, in canada cares about the toronto maple Leafs. it's it's funny you mentioned that programming sports NBA, not, not leaf not 
Did, did you ever find about that meaningless NBA game that was going on while the Hamilton Bulldogs played Oshawa outside? Yeah. Did you ever find out the That's result Bell. of that game? How are we, Bell? <laughs> Let's ship on the Bell Media because what the heck? That's terrible how we can't get an outdoor game broadcasted on national TV because we are doing we are broadcasting a basketball game between what? Memphis and Sacramento or Utah and Sacramento? Who gives a crap? You're witnessing history in Hamilton, Ontario. Two Ontario-based teams, Bell Media. Uh, I don't think I can do that. We got a high-pressure basketball game between Sacramento and an irrelevant Utah Jazz team. <laughs> so I'm going to do that instead. Legit. Legit. That's basically what they told the broadcast. That's basically what they thought of the game. And that's crap, in my opinion. But, yeah. I'm on a roll. I had a rant last week, and now I'm on a rant again. Damn, right off the bat. At least we get out of the way. Yo, do we, because... do we, do we go into thoughts on the weekend and go to games that caught our eye after? We're on a roll right now. Yes. yes. All right. Okay. Thoughts on the weekend. Because this is the debate. This might be a debate, but it's not. Because I, I kind of have a split tone on it. it I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? So we're, we're going to start at the Meridian Center. Saturday night. And for anyone, wa- anyone wondering who didn't watch the game, I don't blame you. It was the 9-10 game. It's not the, it wasn't the most entertaining hey. game of the night. It was sloppy. There were a lot of giveaways. This play shouldn't have even happened. It shouldn't have happened. There was a turnover in the offensive end by the Ice Dogs, and it just ended up in the back of their net. Shouldn't have happened, but it ended up happening. So for anyone that didn't see it, I did like it. I think I retweeted it on Twitter. If not, well, then I'll go do that right now. At Reese Dumaney, uh, you can find it. Uh, Sting Update, shout out to them. Uh, they put out the video clip of this play. So David Goyette, he's the one that gets the puck away from Sirizadi, or actually is handed it by Sirizadi. And uh, so he's streaking down the wing. Isaac Enright is the only one back, but he's technically right next to him. So Goyette streaking in. He's on his backhand, cuts to his forehand, Rosenzweig goes down, makes the save. He's in his blue paint, Wardy. This is this is this makes sense because Wardy said he wasn't, but he was. <laughs> so I just no, I'm talking about the skater. Right I'm talking about the skater. The initial contact. The skater's on the the skater's in the white. Okay, my There's mistake. Space. So, anyways, you see this play developing. You're thinking, okay, Goyette gets a shot. Rosenzweig gets knocked down. You know, whatever. Again, bad coverage by the Ice Dogs. Not getting the trail, man. You can look at it that way, but Rosenzweig clearly gets bowled over and it's a wide open net game over fans unhappy. There were beer cans thrown on the ice. Unfortunately (laughs) there were throwing it back to the wild card game in Atlanta with that stupid infield fly call. Um, How, how is that not called? There okay. is no reason that that should be a goal. Enright makes contact with Goyette. I'm not saying he didn't, but yeah. Goyette had an opportunity to miss Rosenswag. He had an opportunity. Ah. I don't think he tried to get out of the way. I think he just kept skating right into him and bowled him over. How can you not make that call? Both coaches had used their timeout, so... They're stuck there. Obviously, Sudbury wouldn't have used the challenge anyways. It's a ticky-tack. That, that is not a goal. 
Well, the one. So here's the point. I'm fi- I'm on the fence about it. Fifty fifty. The one, yeah, Enright kind of gives him a shot, but I don't. It wasn't dangerous. Like go- the the clip, I have it stopped at. Goyette is lying down on Rosenswag. I can't see your phone. I have it. The pictures are there. Like the play I've got right now. Well, I'm, I'm going to full screen it because I'm blind. Yeah. Goyette as is right on Rosenswag, and Goyette still has the puck. Miraculously, he still has the puck. What time? Like, what time? Like, what first mean, coming what time? in? No, like, no, no. Where, like, like, he's physically on Rosenswag. Like, trying to speak. I've got to pause. It's a 3.30 mark in the highlights. Okay. That's goaltender interference. Yeah, but it. So this is the one thing that I have. Did Rosenzweig have time to get up? Because no, count, there's no way he's getting out, up for so, that. There's so absolutely one, two, no way. Three, three seconds. In the other way, he's in a butterfly. There's no way. That puck's going in when even look, if he tries. When, when you look at the pass after he gets hit, when you start to count. The puck's still on his stick. He's down on his stomach. That's the one point where – was there an attempt to get up? You see that in the NHL a lot with the goaltenders. It's almost like an embellishment. Do they get – like, is there an attempt to get up? There, there isn't, but he just got decked. So it's hard. That's the one point I have. That's why I'm 50-50 about it. And I just think the refs went tied to the runner. But that being said, there should be an opportunity – for the refs to explain themselves about the play. I think for sure. You should have to explain about that. When you have a heated moment like that, you should have the ability to say, okay, this was the call. This is why we made the call because that's pretty important, right? But I don't know. Right now, I think it's 50-50 in my opinion. Like, shout out, first of all, shout out to the rest of the Ice Dogs players because I'm pretty sure Dakota Betts would have punched the ref in the face. I um, saw that. <laughs> give it an, like, if you would have given another 30 seconds, absolutely he would have punched the refs in the face. So shout out to his teammates for getting him out of the way. Um, that's not a goal. That should not have counted. Um, it was as sloppy as the game it was. It was actually exciting for a 9-10 matchup. You know, it, three goals in less than two minutes to start the game. Yeah. Three shots, three goals, goals for both. Like, yeah, exact. That's We want more goals in hockey. There we go. But you end yeah. it on a play like that. Again. Shouldn't have happened. There was a turnover at the offensive blue line by Sirazadi. Wolves came back the other way. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. That's not a goal. Should not have counted. There's a yeah, slow. That's again, if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm way out in left field, feel free. Yes, but I don't think I am. Uh, this isn't even close. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at – I don't – like, he has time to move. He's had time to move. And that was similar to the game – that was similar to the goal that was counted for the Red Wings in the Centennial Classic against the Toronto Maple Leafs that throw out from the corner that went in late where Anderson was in the exact same position. They called that a goal. I, I honestly – I think it's a goal. Because I don't know where – when there's contact – the Sudbury. So Goyette's skater. got one skate in the blue. That's in the that's in the blue? I'm going slow motion. 
Because it's not like Rosenzweig That's ever ones really in the air. came that far out to challenge. He did. He was at the top of the blue, but he never came out. Because the one... You do see one skate. The skate that hits Rosenzweig is in the blue paint. Yes, in the air. The one that's in the air, right? The back foot. The front foot's in the white. I, I, that's not a goal. Okay. It's all good. Again, shout out to Goyette. That was a pretty sick pass after he fell down. But yeah, it was. That's a tough play to make. He's <laughs> yeah. not there. He's going to do really good at the prospects game, too. That, yeah, that's not a goal. Sorry. Right. I think they screwed up. Well, is there contact? He has on the puck there. Yeah, no. Okay. He's ar- Rosenzweig's already a made a save. He goes for the rebound. I don't know. He had an opportunity to get out of the way, in my opinion. He didn't have to hit him. It's a tough play to get out of the way, though. You're going 100 miles an hour. Okay, That's so we call play. incidental contact. There's a face-off outside the blue line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he should have got a penalty. Yeah. But No, I get your point. That's for sure. Yeah. That's That was my big... That was my biggest angering moment of the weekend. And it's hilarious because they went into a shootout the next day. Same two yeah. teams. That was hilarious. So. Can you imagine if it would have been the opposite end? <laughs> oh it would have been God. a Niagara goal. Wow. Yeah, that would have been interesting. And oh. also another thing. Another thing is I don't want to, like, be careful how I word it, but, like, Sudbury players, obviously, rightly so, they laughed. They they got out. Oh, of they got right out of there. there. <laughs> they got oh, out yeah. of there. How how much do you think that had to play in it? Thought, we remember we've saw that a lot where a team scores a goal and yeah, overtime so, is the exact same goal. So the Wolves weren't right away out there, like off the ice. They did wait around. The refs then did. He, the refs did talk, and then of course you get the, the old subtle goal call where you know he doesn't stand in front of the yep. penalty box which i think they should start doing i do like that i like the anticipation i wish they had the mics i wish yeah they had the right mics. that's what i'm saying and um so you just get the subtle goal call then sudbury's immediately off the ice they they are having no part of the rest Rightly of this. so and niagara so. pro is probably on for at least the next 10 minutes like i yeah. said that's when i saw a couple of beer cans make their way onto the ice which is very unfortunate <laughs> yep. but um my my view, the anger was justified. So, okay, I just compare it to the one in the outdoor game with the Red Wings and the Leafs, where Anderson's glove there's a stick on Anderson's block and the puck goes in the net, and that was a goal. From other from that, I just call it a goal because past experience, it's been a goal. But that's a 50-50 play, right? One time you see that a goal. Probably if that happens again, it's no goal. Probably if it happens again, it's no goal. It's a 50-50 play, and that's why I think that officials should have to explain their meaning and stick by it. We've gotten into it last week about that because why don't they? Why, why, do you, why don't officials explain why they call things? Why not? We're trying – growing the league, believe it or not, by growing the league, there needs to be some controversy like that. There needs to be, right? You're going to have use. So why don't officials – start talking about things like that. Why don't they start explaining why? That's a pivotal game. 
that's a pivotal call. It does not matter. You can say, oh, it's nine versus 10, right? And if you're listening, you can say, oh, it's nine versus 10. Um, that the game didn't mean anything. It does. It does for lottery standards because this year it's well, a draft lottery. The, the Niagara Ice Dogs have never missed the playoffs. And you could yeah. you could say Every what you want about that nineteen twenty season. Um, and whether or not the Ice Dogs actually have a real shot to make the playoffs, I still think they don't. Um, that like that still means a lot. Like ever since yes. they've moved to Niagara, hey. they have never missed the playoffs. And here's another thing. Here's another thing. We've talked about this with the shootout. Right, how skilled the shootout is. They call it the skilled competition or the skills competition for a reason. A lot of the media members, because it is. Pano Femus, mm-hmm. he's in his draft year. He gets a chance. By the way, he him. looked really good Saturday yes. night in his return. He looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he's having a really good year. Right? For for a team that's not a that's not average, that's below average, he's having a really good year for that standards. You put him on a team like on a top five team, yeah, he's a point of game player. So really good year for Pano. Show guess not a big deal. But for Pano, he gets a chance to shoot in the shootout, right? He puts on a nice move. He's all over social media, boom, right? Like, stuff, like it helps him. Those decisions need to be called. They need to be – the officials need to be called accountable. They need to say why they made these calls because a game like that, there's a lot in the line. You got you to gotta say why you did it. I mean, life's about accountability, right? You, do, you make a life decision. There's consequences, there's positives, right? There's negatives, right? Like, you should be, you should have to say what it is. The NHL, they do. AHL, they do. I think OHL, there should at least be a press release about it. I think it should be done. Because well, the off-ice officials are at the games. They have, they have everybody there. It should be, they should have to be called accountable, in my opinion. Well, well, and I think that's where Billy Burke was coming from. And I heard Rob Hubbard talking about this, the radio color man for the ice dogs on, uh, on giant and country uh, in Niagara. Uh, he was saying that it, it like Billy was almost in shock. He goes, what the heck just happened? Like it, it, you didn't see anger from Billy Burke that we've seen in the past, which I mean, respect to him. We've seen him lose his, lose his top like yeah, quite a bit. So I, I think the biggest thing for him is like, I, I don't recall a time seeing the referees going over and explaining what happened to him. They obviously they explained it to the captains. Uh, you know, that's customary. They go over to the box, they wait, referees tell them, they go back, tell their coaches. But the, not once did I see the referee go over to Billy Burke. And I think I think he's they have to do that at the bare yeah. minimum. Instead of hearing yeah. it from your captain, you want to hear it from the referees. Yes. So yeah. I think that's a th- I think you got – and that's the one thing as a coach you're asking for right at the start of the game. When you see that, right, when the intros are being played and the coaches are standing on the bench waiting for players to come out, you see that all the time by the coaches talk to an official. One official goes to one bench, so one goes to the other, and you see it all the time. What's the plan going to be? It's almost like in baseball with the ground rules or in the NFL, right, when they have ground rules. Yeah. They talk about – that's what that's – that's the hockey purposes of ground rules. They're going to talk about what the rules are for tonight. What's going to happen. What's the standard going to be? Are we going to have a tight ship? Are we going to like, are you going to let me know? Because as a coach, that's what you want to know, right? You want to have communications with the official. You want to know why you want. And that's what my point is, because I think the fans should still know why, because the fans pay their money to go to the game without the fans. This league doesn't exist. We've saw that last year, right? So I think that we saw how depressing should, it was this year without them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, I think everyone should know. 
But that's what happens. It's just the officials telling the coaches. In a moment like that, I don't think he really told Billy Burke about it because it wasn't a good – like, yeah, he kept it cool, but the players – I mean, you saw Dakota Betts, like, that reaction, right? Like, what is it, right? Like, what is – like – and that's why I think I want to know their reasoning because I think if I heard a reasoning from an official, for I might have went to the other side. I don't know. But it would be a lot easier if you had a, an actual official's opinion. So then it's like, okay, there's the thoughts. That's why. Let's make our decision about that. Let's have a discussion about why they did that. Because I think it's kind of, I don't think in that moment, maybe, like I said, 10 minutes later, you come out and you make a call. It's probably different. It's one of those things. It's 50-50. It's a tough move. You got to have more communication, I think, though. I think everyone should know because you can't have beer cans being thrown on the ice. That's irresponsible. It's kind of dumb. Well, it is dumb on the It fans. is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you throw something on the ice, you shouldn't be allowed back at an OHL venue, in my opinion. I think it's irresponsible. They tell you before the game, be smart, don't be dumb, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, essentially. Like, come on, like, be better. But, yeah, that being said, you got to have an explanation. And I wish there was more explanations to why we have goals and why we don't. Because that's two weeks in a row now. We've got a controversy where we we don't even know why. We don't even know why. And – the fans don't. Nobody really does. So we do, but I want to know what goes behind that, right? The NHL, you hear the video replay guys describing it. We need something like that. And the AHL does that with press releases. The OHL should be doing press releases on that, in my opinion. All right. Let's move on from yelling at referees. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, what else did you see this weekend, Morty? And we can, of course, get into games that caught our eyes as part of yeah. this. But what else did you see? Yeah, we'll mix and bites it. We'll have some, we'll have some yeah, uh, bits and bites on this one. I've never liked those. I don't know. Really? I was a yeah. big bits and bites fan in school. I used to get the little bags. But um, Peterborough Pete's caught my eye. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10. That's the eight seed right now. And – I don't think they're going anywhere, Reese. I can kind of piggyback on that. I think the Eastern Conference is kind of set for playoff position. I know Sudbury's only four points back, but look at the games in hand for Peterborough, right? Yeah, Sudbury's got Three less than 10 games to go. Yeah, that's tough. That is very tough when Peterborough's playing so well. Um, Michael Simpson got hot at the right time, I think. It's similar to what Max Donoso is in Ottawa, where they can win those games one game at a time mentality, and they can back it up. I really like Peterborough. I think they're a tough out. I mean, they beat Hamilton right now. That would be the first-round matchup. I don't think Ham- – I think Hamilton has a pretty good run if they play their way. Like, we've said that a lot about Hamilton. Yeah. Like, we both think they're, for, they're the real deal. But Peterborough, maybe that one game at a time, don't overlook them because they'll definitely win some games. They're a good team. They have a good top line. They have some good overagers. They have good D. Donovan McCoy is playing really well. Article guess, not a big deal. But <laughs> – Look out for Peterborough, I think. In the West, in the West, Reese, another thing that caught my eye, I think next week at this time we're talking about the West. With a month to go in the season, I think we're talking about the West starting to be set in the playoffs. Saginaw, unfortunately for them, they are probably done. They are probably Yeah, done. no, you're not wrong. Being a lot yep. in points, last place right now in the Ontario Hockey League. Yep. I don't – they are probably done. The Erie Honors, Reese, I honestly – I thought they were going to get in. They had a very tough weekend. Losing five in a row hurts in this time of the year. It doesn't matter when you – losing sucks either. It doesn't matter what time of the year, but they had a bad start, and now 
with a month to go in the season, they lose five in a row. That's very tough. Um, they're four points out. Kitchener having a massive win on Sunday against Guelph. The game I actually attended that game. Very good hockey game. Um, got to see Cam Allen play up close, which was cool. That a boy. Big, yeah, the short roster for Guelph too. That was a big win for Kitchener though. Um, and that kind of hurt the Erie Otters going losing three and three. Right, they lose Friday yeah. night in Kitchener. Then you'll lose the two to one sound. Those are tough. That's a very tough loss for them. Yeah. Maybe next week we're talking about the West kind of being set in well, stone. Well, well, and I I think if we're talking about the West right now. Uh, the Windsor Spitfires they took four points from the Flint Firebirds on the weekend, uh, winning six yes. three in Flint on Saturday. And then they take the contest at home Sunday, seven to four. Uh, the Windsor Spitfires have one more point than the Windsor Spitfire, or than Windsor Spitfires have one more point than the Windsor Spitfires. Good one, Reese. Uh, the Windsor Spitfires oh, yeah. have one more point than the London Knights, who get second place because they lead their division. Uh, but the Windsor Spitfires are one point behind the Flint Firebirds for first place in the conference, first place in the yeah. division. The Windsor Spitfires yeah. have two games in hand. They are Massive 7 and one in their last 10. Flint, yeah, they're over 500, but they're 5-4-0-1 oh, in their last 10 games. They've lost three in a row. Yeah. Win- Look out. Windsor's, Windsor's I mean, getting. That Onuska trade, I think, is a lot more underrated than people think oh, because, because of Medina. They think, oh, yeah, Medina's <laughs> oh, Anuska's won some games. Like, it's, I can it's tell not you just right Medina now. right there. I can tell you right now, Windsor's like, Ah, sigh of relief. London's like, damn it, I should have made that trade. <laughs> yeah, damn absolutely. It. That's that's like I can tell you right now, London is very upset about at themselves about making that trade. At the time, yeah, they're not because they have a guy like Brett Bruce, but right now, you can't tell me they're not. Yeah. I mean, five different goalies this year. That's that's not good. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's like bottom of the league status yeah. for London. That's terrible. The worst teams in the league usually play four to five goalies a year. So they're playing like it. So it's not good. But yeah, that's why it's so crucial eh, for Windsor to really to get up there, get in that one spot because it's unfortunate the way it is. But you got to get some type of reward for winning your division. Yeah, but I agree. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying division leaders shouldn't get the top two spots. Not at all. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like a lot of divisions are hard to win. Midwest, especially when is that ever easy to win? Right. And Honestly, London Knights were like two points behind Flint. For, yeah. for as bad as it's With been, two games in hand, they played the same amount as <laughs> uh, as Windsor, fifty six Flint and Sault Ste. Marie in fourth, who's one point behind Windsor. Um, they've both played fifty eight games, so the Knights and Spitfires do have a couple games in hand. Yeah, and um, some other ones. You know what? When we get to the top prospects game, I'll get to this one that caught my eye. Just remind me. Well, I won't have to. I won't probably won't need a reminder because he's a player, and I'll know. But I saw him play on Friday. It basically gave it away. Really good defenseman on Saginaw, Pavel Mintikov. Very good defenseman. Very impressed by him. Left in a shot big. I'll get to him when we talk about the prospects game after the break. But another one to me that caught my eye, only really caught my eye, but Wyatt Johnson, the first in the OHL to 100 points. Not a yeah. big deal. So uh, congrats to Wyatt. Oh, that's a big deal to be the first to 100 points because you're kind of, it's unlike the team that clinches first, you know? Yeah. Okay, Breeze, that's the model of consistency. We're trying to pick it. That's kind of the top of the food chain in the league, right, for team-wise. And it's similar to players, right? That's the top score. That's probably top two in the MVP, top three in the MVP voting for sure. 
100 points, that's a big deal. And also, I quickly want to talk about this, Reese. 48 goals for Luke Evangelista, show guest. Is he getting 50 this week? Is he getting 50 this week? Friday night, Owen sure Saturday, is. Kitchener. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, do we have to do a Saturday night, a Saturday featured game just in case if he gets it, if he doesn't get it Friday? Do we got to do a London Kitchener game just in case? I mean, there's a good chance he scores two because, I mean, Luke Evangelista scores every game, so there's a good yeah. chance he scores two. But I don't know, Saturday, that's a tempting featured game. I know we've done it before, but just to see him get 50, it's, t- it's, it's close. It's tempting. Yeah. But yeah, he's close 48, uh, 97 points as well. So he'll get 100, he'll get 100 points this weekend for yeah. sure. He'll get three points in the two games. Does he score two goals in the three games? We'll see. I, I, I agree with you. I think he does. How often does Luke Evangelista not score? He's your MVP. He's probably he's the MVP in the league in my book. Because if I think if Windsor wins the division in the West, I think Johnson's the MVP. Yes, yes. If they win the conference, even because basically if they win the division, they're going to win the conference anyways. The way it is because London London, and conference. Oh, okay. Because London's not winning the conference without Brett Brochier. That's no. That's written off. That's over. That's done. That that's. That's in the back of the net. That's a swing and a drive. It's gone. So, yeah. You just imitated Buck Martinez. Are you feeling okay? Hey, by the way, don't get me started with that. That's another thing. Maybe that's why why Rogers doesn't talk about the Blue Jays. Maybe that's why. Because Buck Martinez. Maybe that's why. Thank you for bringing that up. Maybe that's why. I got you. And also also another one on Friday that I got to see live. Antonio Strongest's goal. Oh, my. That's, I mean, wasn't bad, eh? I, yeah, I, I'll be the first to admit it. I have, I've been critical about about his game, about what he is in the next level. I don't because strength is he gonna get pushed around? But if he's gonna make plays like that, oh my, like that's the nicest goal I've ever saw live. I think it has to be the nicest goal in the league so far this year. Has to be, like, wow, like. That ten and two, to do that in game speed, is very very uncanny. Like that's that's like jaw dropping. You don't like you don't see guys do that. Very few guys in the league, like Avery Hayes, can do it a little bit in Hamilton. But Antonio Strong just is that raises the bar leader of the ten and two skating style in the Ontario Hockey League, where he actually goes a lot faster than he would going straight away. Very impressive. You got to be doing that since a lo- since a very young age. It's got to be self taught because that's very tough to do. And uh, that's the nicest goal I saw this year by far. Let me know if you've seen anything better. But I think it's got it's top two for sure. It's got to be a really nice goal to beat that. Maybe the lacrosse goal by Diaco. But still the best goal I've ever seen in person. Go back to the Canada Russia series in 2018. Uh, Barrett Hayton against the Russians in Sarnia. That was, yeah, that was very yeah. nice. I was in that end watching that game, and I saw that goal. I'm like, um, did yeah. that just happen? What? Yeah, yeah. But, that's nasty. Yeah, but yeah, I was thinking about that. I've been lucky this year because I saw the Diaco goal and the strongest goal. Yeah, like I'm waiting for another Michigan because it's gonna happen in warmups. Someone's gonna try it in the playoffs. Team. Absolutely. Oh, can, can you imagine it's an overtime of a playoff game? It doesn't even have to be game seven. 
it doesn't even, doesn't even matter what the series is. Could you imagine the playoffs? You do that. Yeah. That bad. Full eh? barns. By the way, London had a full barn on Friday. So, oh, really? Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. I don't think I don't think it was quote unquote full because I did see some empty seats. Yeah. But purchase tickets were nine thousand forty five. So right on, right on. You gotta nice. sell it. Tickets paid for, right? A uh, couple other things that I noticed, and I know we're as we approach the 40 minute mark here and we're still in segment one, but oh well. Um, Oshawa Generals continue to be on the downfall, still remain yes. two and eight in their last 10 games. I mean, Ottawa's starting to catch up to them. Not that Ottawa's been in a great streak themselves, they've lost seven in a Ooh. row, but um, the Ottawa 67s sit only three points behind Oshawa right now, so that. Uh, six through eight is still up for grabs. You never know. I think Barry's going to secure that five spot. You know Eventually they've been on a better run and helps. Hey. They get a very, very good player back from the Philadelphia Ooh. organization. Like that's not yeah, even Tyson getting Ford. Forrester back. So that top six. Yeah. That's nasty. Um, yeah. Reece, there's. I... Go ahead. Sorry. Do we do a hot take? Howie hot take of the week. What are you going to say? Well, Barry is not catching Kingston. I will tell you that right now. Okay. Look at the games in hand. 52 points to the Peterborough Peets catch the Oshawa Generals. I think they catch five points back. The games in hand. Oshawa's defense has honestly not been good at all. It hasn't been good at all. And that losing gaps... It's, and it's kind of too loose. It's kind of too aggressive. They're kind of too up in the rush. You give the odd man rushes back the other way. The games haven't been blowouts. Like, I mean, they lose to Peterborough, right? One goal games. Peterborough's winning those one goal games. Those head to head, right? Oshawa, Peterborough rivalry. And I'm sure the Peterborough Peach fans that are uh, hearing this are going to be pretty fired up. But it's almost a lock with the games in hand. If they win those. It's a solid hot take. I don't know if I agree with you, but I well, can see right? it happen. Because you can see Peterborough winning, like going like this in their last 10. Yeah. And then you could see them also going the opposite in their next 10. Right? That's the point. Of the, that's the eight seed, right? What's your upcoming schedule, right? The eight seed, it's tough, right? It's a, it's a team that's in a rebuild that's lucky enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. Generally, those positions from eight to nine, Usually a little bit more closer. This year it's not really. Usually it's like that, right? Like eight, nine, ten. But yeah, like eight, it, nine, yeah, we've got our two teams who will miss the playoffs. I think I think that's already set. Sudbury and Niagara, I don't think are making the playoffs. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Peterborough could get think, sixth, Oshawa could finish eighth. That's what we want to right now. Can you imagine if Oshawa fell down to eighth and had to play the Hamilton Bulldogs in the first round after buying Olison? I mean. They they bought. He has not been great. Not nearly. Not even. It's not what they thought. He wasn't Barry. I can tell you, it's not what they thought they were going to get. But that's that's. I like that take. I like that. It could happen. I could see it happening. I don't agree that it'll happen, or I don't think it'll happen. But it could happen. It's hard. Yeah, and I'm not slamming it down as a hot as a hot take, Howie. But it is. It's in it's in people's minds, I think. And I think it's not just in our minds. I think people that look at the standings 
look at this and it's like, okay, it's there. There's a possibility. So keep an eye out for that as we head through the final stretch. Yeah. Well, and one more thing I wanted to get to eight and two North Bay battalion are in the last 10, they've won seven games in a row. Uh, they now yeah. lead the central division by two points over Mississauga with two games in hand as well. Um, it's going to be a stretch to catch Hamilton. Hamilton's got two games in hand and they are eight points ahead. So I think that's yeah. just, that's already, that's already four. Yeah, gone, a couple North Bay Battalion, that we talked about it. We talked about them in their stretch, and they're like, they got to get hot quick if they want any chance to win the division. Well, they did, and they've had some help. Mississauga, three and seven in their last ten. Uh, they are still yeah. in that funk that we've been talking about for uh, probably the last three to four weeks, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So That's interesting. I just wanted to point out North Bay on a nice run right now. Uh, Owen Sound in the, the last With ten back. Yeah, the Owen Sound attack for sure. Um, still fifth places <laughs> it's right ahead of them Guelph storm storm got two games in hand but owen sound yes they've collected points in 12 straight yeah shout out to gavin bryan show guest scoring yeah. this past weekend yeah he's uh, he's starting to get on a little bit of a heater so that's good to see need yeah. that need that draft or you need to get on that yeah uh all right it, it is time for a break 42 minutes into the show uh, when we come back, we'll just quickly mention the suspensions. Maybe we'll have a chat there. We'll see. Uh, of course, the top prospects game coming up in Kitchener. We'll preview the OHLers anyways, kind of chat about them a little bit. And then uh, we'll get to our featured game as well as the players of the week to round out the show. You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. Uh, Linktree is up there. We are on most major spot podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and the Bulldogs Audio Network. I'm trying to think if I missed one in between there. but uh, Yeah, for sure, the Bulldogs Audio Network. Check that out. Read Duffy. Call some pretty good hockey, so well, yeah. high energy um, and the YouTube channel because we decided we're not as ugly as we thought we were. So YouTube and video. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so again, at the OHL and sixty podcast, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. All right, suspensions quickly before we get into the top prospects game. Uh, Rodwin Denizio, eight games. Again, not for him, just in the league in general. Um, Check to the head. He will return April 3rd. Uh, Guelph's Michael Bushinger, uh, five games for a cross-checking major. He will be back April 2nd. Erie's Elias Cohen, indefinite for a blindside hit. Yeah, that was a top one. Of course, games are TBD. And Ethan Larmond, I was here for this game. Uh, of course, with the Sudbury Wolves, or I was at the game, I should say. And definitely check to the head on Daniil Gushin. Some people may say Gushin sold it. He did not. So, hey, with with, with Gushin's to be determined. How many games you think, Reese? Determined. I think he gets eight. Okay, 
Yeah, well, that's been that's been that's what it's been. Like that's what it's been the last month against. But Uh, some are deserving, some are not. Yeah, I can't rant right now because we're pressed for time. But Brant Clark should not have gotten any games. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, Gushin's track record this year for people saying that. Uh, Gushin's track record this year isn't that great when he's been suspended three or four times this year. I don't think he's going to sell anything. I think Daniil Gushin, I've saw him play enough this year. I think Daniil Gushin's going to retaliate yeah. over sell something, in my opinion. That's just the way he plays. I think he'd be more – it'll be more of a retaliation thing than a sell, in my opinion. Reese, you might be able to elaborate on that, but I think with the way Gushin's track record is so far this year with the four suspensions – He's more going to retaliate and sell something. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate because second intermission on the on the Ice Dogs broadcast and chatted with Ted Lehman. We were kind of going over uh, single season records in terms of Ice Dogs, and of course, Daniel Gushin's name came up. And you know, 50, 51 goals uh, in an Ice Dogs uniform would set a single season record. I can't remember if it's fifty or fifty one. It's one or the other. Um, and I'm like, yeah, he easily gets that if he didn't miss time because of four suspensions. So I totally see your point, Colin. It could easily happen that way. Also, too, it would be nice if he could break that record because it would be something for Ice Dog fans to cheer for. Unfortunately, as bad as that is to say, it's not out of the blue at all. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, for for how bad the year has been to have a record like that? It's pretty good. Like, yeah. that's something to celebrate at the end of the year. I know it's individual and it's a team, but when you have a guy that breaks a record, that's always a big deal, especially the year it was. Right? Last place team, he might, and he's made a lot of people around him better. Yeah. He really I has. Agree. This year, like, remember the first time we saw him play? How many passes did he make? Mm-hmm. He counted on one hand. Yeah. All of a sudden, a month in, all of a sudden, a month in. Remember, you pointed this out, Reese, and I'll never forget this. Jody Hall had a conversation with Daniel Gushin on the bench. And remember, he made a pass to Cam Peters, and Cam Peters scored. Mm-hmm. Remember when he came back to the bench? That reception that Daniel Gushin got on the bench was a big one. Like, that's a that's one where it's like, yeah, like, let's go. Bleeping yeah. right, you know? That's one of those. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one of those. Well, like, on the bench, and that's how it's going to – that's how it is. Um, yeah, there's no bleeping in. On the bench, yeah. there's you're yeah. hearing that f bomb, but like it's a moment where you celebrate, right? You make a good team play. It's a team, and Daniel Gushin's game since coming since the first month has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. It's more of a t- complete game. Remember when he first came on, came up, and I I used to say, and all the Niagara media was like, "He's so good, he's so good, he's so good, he's unreal." I don't know how he was a third round pick. I don't know how, but always had that point. Where's the defensive end? Remember when we'd see him standing out in the neutral zone? It's a five-on-four the other way. He's the fifth guy. He's just standing out at center going away for a breakaway. He scored, but he did not. It could have been a 50-50 play. He could have got scored on easily. He didn't have his man. Now you see him back in the play. You see him more engaged, and that's a sign of a very good prospect. Now you're st- now people can talk about him being, why did he go in the third round when he's so much better defensively now? And he's doing the little things. The big things are a lot better now. You see him back in the back check. You see him setting up teammates for the goal. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that wins. And that's the stuff that builds a good player. 
I'm very impressed with Daniel Houston's game, and I hope he breaks it. I hope he does, man. I just want to quickly touch on that because good for him. Yeah. And uh, get the Niagara Ice Dogs. Do they need something this year, right? They need something this year. Yeah, yeah they will miss the playoffs. Uh, there's a very good chance of that for the first time in franchise history. So um, that would be cool for sure. Uh, one more shout-out before we get to the top prospects game, and we didn't even mention this off the top for whatever reason. Uh, over the weekend, QMJHL, third time ever Yes, it has happened. Uh, it was the Ramuski Oceanic. There we go. Uh, taking on Gatineau. Uh, Eve Gascon was the starting goaltender. Third time uh, ever a woman has played uh, in the QMJHL. Of yeah. course, we know her very well on, uh, on uh, Bally Sports Detroit. Uh, Menon Riome yeah. played 91-92. And uh, Charlene Labonte uh, played in 99-01 uh, for the Acadie Bathurst Teton. So, just want to shout that out. Actually, sorry, I missed one. My mistake. Uh, Shannon Zabados, Tri-City Americans, if we're talking all of the CHL. Um, she played out West in the 0203 season. But uh, in terms of the Q, uh, Eve is the third woman to do so. So shout out to her. I know it was an overtime loss, but that was an extended highlight pack. I just like to give a shout out to that. That was a nice extended highlight pack, yeah. not just showing goals but showing saves and she looked very comfortable. There were probably one or two goals she'd like to have back, but you know, more the goals than not, yeah, no goaltender stopping. So yeah, uh, shout out to her despite an overtime loss. Um, she looked pretty good. I will go watch that replay. I haven't watched the full game. I will watch it on mute, obviously, because I won't understand a damn word they're saying, but yeah. Congratulations to Eve. That's cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Big congrats. That's huge. Not a big deal. Yeah. Massive, massive congrats. And, be, and there's going to be more of that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're still waiting for Ty Curry Not the last. in Sarnia. Come on. Let's make it happen. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, CHL, NHL top prospects game. Thank God this is happening. In Kitchener, Wednesday, the 23rd. Of course, 40 players are taking part in the game. Uh, we'll kind of go over who we're excited to see the most. And, of course, we're only going to talk about OHLers here because we know the most about them. And then maybe a snub or two about guys who, eh, you know, you think they deserve a chance. If there's an injury, they should probably get a shot. But, um, you know, maybe just didn't make the cut. So quickly here, I'll name off the OHLers. Uh, Owen Beck, Luca Del Bell Belouz, both of the Mississauga Steelheads, of course. Uh, Ruslan Gazazov of the London Knights, David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves, uh, Hunter Haight from Barry, Jake Carabella from Guelph, Paul Ledwinski in Kingston, big fan of him right here. Uh, Bryce McConnell Barker, member of the Sioux Greyhounds, uh, Matthew Poitra, Guelph Storm. Vincennes Rower of the Ottawa 67s. Ooh, nice pronunciation. Not bad, eh? I'm going to butcher the next one, so that's all right. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Matt Yaz Sapovalov. Matthias Sapovalov. There we go. The Saginaw Spirit, I should add. Uh, Shane Wright of the Kingston Frontenacs and uh, Danny Jelkin of the Guelph Storm. That's Ooh. up front. By the way, Danny Jelkin. Sunday afternoon, played defense for the Gulf Storm. Shorthand, he played defense the whole game. Did a stellar job back there. George Burnett, 
George Burnett is one of those old fashioned coaches, right? That will try things. Yep. Very, very interesting to see how he'd skate backwards, right? Some, when you see a forward back and five on five, you think, oh, fish out of water. Danny mm-hmm. Shilkin did not look out of place. Talk about helping your draft stock. So, just a quick note that I've noticed as well from the Guelph Kitchener game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, also from the Guelph Storm, Michael Bushinger. Of course, we're switching to the defenseman now. Uh, the Bulldogs, Jorian Donovan, Isaiah George of the London Knights. Ty Nelson, the North Bay Battalion. Wardy, you got this name. You got it. I was totally going to screw that up. So this is my – so I might as well say it now. And I said it off the top. This is my player to watch in the game. This is his coming out party in the game. Pavel this is the Mitchikoff. final OHLer as well. So Yeah, Pavel Mitchikoff from the Saginaw Spirit. This is a first-round pick in the NHL. This kid's a star. He's a stud. Um, he's very good. You don't really see a left-handed shot defenseman an elite left-handed shot defenseman anymore in the league. You think mm-hmm. about the young defensemen coming in that are around the NHL that are bit, that are good, that are elite prospects. They're all right-handed, right? Yeah. It's nice to see this left-handed shot defenseman come up. I think Mintikoff goes a lot higher because of that team. You look at the Detroit Red Wings, for instance. The Detroit Red Wings have one left-handed shot right now on their roster, and that's Jordan Osterley. They're a team that needs left-handed shot defenseman. This is the first-round pick. I think he sneaks up from 10 to 20 range just because of that, just because of that left-handed shot. He's high-skilled. He can skate. He's big. He's up in the rush all the time. He likes to get in on the offense. He's he's the first one back still when when he's engaged offensively. He's still back. Not a concern about being back for that. Very good player. I think it's his coming out party for sure. In this game, I think this is the game where people come away with that, and he's like, "Oh, this kid's kid." You always see that in the prospects game, right? Donovan Sabrango, yeah. Donovan Sabrango, Kitchener, right? He was kind of underrated, then all of a sudden he goes to the prospects game. He has that fight with Cooley, and he has a really big game. Next thing you know, he's t- taken in the third round. This is Mintikoff this year, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that about Detroit with left shot defensemen. They were known for only having left shot defensemen, yeah. So, yeah, now it's which is opposite. hilarious. So, yeah, now it's the total opposite after the yeah, lightning trade. Exactly. Very weird. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm excited to see Paul Edwinski on a different team from Shane Wright. And again, I, I love that. watching them play on the same team. I'm not saying that at all. They are. That's that's a duo I'd love to have. Yeah, um, I'm ready to see him. Uh, he'll be on Team White, by the way. Uh, the captain of Team Red will be Shane Wright. I'm excited for Paul Edwinski. And yeah. 30, 30 points in 55 games this year for Kingston. Obviously, rookie, if you want to call him that. Mm-hmm. If, if we're talking about second-year guys for rookie of the year, this is the guy I picked in the preseason media poll because yeah. I wasn't a 1,000% sure if they were being counted. Obviously, they're not. So. Uh, this is the guy I was really excited about. I mean, to get this opportunity to it, you got Kingston. They're a great team. Time to separate and show you what show what you can do individually because we know what you can do together. Paul Edwinski, I think, is going to put on a show here. Just the way he plays, the way he handles the puck, I think this could be a steal potentially in the draft. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be a first rounder, but. If he slips to the third, fourth round, that is a very good pick 
for any NHL team out there. Again, whether he yeah. slips that far, I don't think he I think he will. goes second. But yeah, if he gets he to the third second. or fourth round, that that's a steal. That's a Zade Wisdom type steal, in my opinion. You look Ooh. at where he was drafted. The Philadelphia Flyers took him. Uh, yeah. I think I think he could be looking at that. Of course, different players, but you know, same type of impact in terms of at the draft. So he he's my know, guy. You know who else is going to be really good in this game to watch out for? I mean, everybody will be. Oh, I think uh, I know the guy player. you're saying. <laughs> I think I absolutely know who you're going to say. What team? What division? What conference? Okay. All right. So we are going Western Conference, Midwest Division, Team Red. Jake Carabella, Guelph Storm. No. Come Jake Carabella. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, no. I'll say it after. I'll say it after. You got Jake two guys. Car- now I got to go two guys. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Carabella. Carabella is a guy that's sneaky, giddy, score. He's a guy that you watch and he's just responsible. And now that now he's starting to score, I feel like every game I see him, he scores. He just gets better and better. So a lot of eye candy there, right? When you score every game, every time you see a guy, right, you're going to want to watch that guy. Yeah. But Jake Carabella, sneaky kid, he's going to have a good game as well. He got, oh. From the London Knights, Isaiah George. I thought you were for sure picking him. Uh, I was thinking him. I was thinking Carabella originally, but then Mentikoff, Donovan sticks out as well. But yeah. George is a good one. George is a really good one. Um, I think this is a good opportunity. He kind of had a tough game on Friday, a tough weekend. I think this is a good opportunity to regroup. I know the guys are there today in Kitchener testing. Yeah, they got their Monday. Today. Yeah. Yeah, so to, today it took place, all the testing and stuff. So we'll start to get those, not combine, but we'll start to get those competition numbers. I think Isaiah George will have really good numbers there, and that will really propel him because he's in really good shape. And obviously all these kids are in really good shape, but Isaiah George is yeah. built like an NHL defenseman already, and scouts are going to love him. But, yeah, very good pick. Also, it's weird that the trade deadline, Reese, took place the like two days before the prospects game because the scouts are going to be there, right? So it's kind of weird, and it doesn't really matter if the scouts and the GMs will be there, but it's kind of weird. It's like the same week as the trade deadline. It's kind of odd. Yeah. Like two days later. Not a big thing. Or a day though. later. Yeah, a day later. Because to, today, today's the competition. Yesterday was a trade deadline. Yeah. So that's tough. That is tough. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That's a tough turnaround to get your scouting board because this is a big one, right? CHL, it's a big one. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you look at Team Red and just who they have on defense. I mean, this is an OHL-driven um, defense group, <laughs> Michael team. Bushinger, Jordan Donovan, Isaiah George, throw Ty Nelson wearing an A uh, as part of this group. Uh, Korchinski and Lamoureux, uh, of course, elsewhere. Uh, Lamoureux, Korchinski, Voltageurs, Korchinski from the Thunderbirds. But um, yeah. I, I'm excited to watch the defense on Team Red. You think of all the talent there. We've seen Donovan so many times in Hamilton this year. I mean, you've been all over Isaiah George. Um, Ty Nelson, show guest, not a big deal. Um, he he's one of the reasons why North Bay is you know? second place in the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, that that of course I don't have the full scouting report on the two guys from out east and out west, or the one guy from out west, one guy from out east. But they're, they're going to be good. I I don't see Team Red giving up a whole lot. Yeah, um, it's interesting because Donovan's like the fifth defenseman in Hamilton. And he's like the fifth defenseman at the prospects game for his team. He just can't get that break, but he's a really good defenseman. He's a second round pick, possibly first round pick. 
I'm not going to make a highly hot take, and we'll get to that near the draft, but Ottawa Sanders, from what I have saw, I mean, every go to every Hamilton home game, they're there at least every nine out of ten home games. Yeah. A lot of I, – I, I know there's interest there in Shane Donovan. So, or Jordan Donovan, as I think about Shane Donovan, his dad. <laughs> All right, uh, quickly, He's one guy – with the Ottawa he, Sanders. Yeah, good point there. Uh, quickly, one guy who isn't on this list, whereas – well, there won't be an injury now, but um, who missed the cut by just a little bit in your um, – I don't – this one I really don't get when he's got more points than half the players here, more goals for sure. Show gets Bo Gelsma. I get it, the size thing. I get that. But the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't drafted a guy six foot in how long? I mean, they have. But, like, there's teams that value guys that are under their average size, and I don't think the size really matters. Now, it does for defense, but you see teams everywhere. The forwards aren't that big. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think that matters because Bo Jelson's going to score goals no matter where he plays. He did it in Buffalo in minor midget. When he went to Brantford, he scored goals. You watched him play with Gavin Bryant and Branford. He scored all the time. Like, it's a move that it's weird that he's not there because he's got 26 goals. He's got 26 goals as a 17-year-old. He's going to score 30 goals as a 17-year-old. That's impressive. Like, next year, it's not a stretch to say he scores 45. Yeah. It's not a stretch. 15 more as a draft. Well, look at it the way Marty Williams said – well, Marty Williams is setting that up. His system. Marty Williams' system. Marty Williams' system. You're going to see Aiky Hyatt – and uh, Jell's going to score 50 goals in their careers. Yeah. You're going to see that. Cooper Matthews, you're going to see that because that's what Marty Williamson does. You see that feeder system, right? And his young guys get better. It's just what he does. He's got a really good track record. And rightly so, he's an incredible coach. He's a legendary coach in our game. But Bo Jell's is a big snub to me. I think he definitely deserves to be there. Um, and I know that he's listening to this. He's going to appreciate it. But he deserves to be there. I'm not saying that just because he's a show guest. He deserves to be there. I mean, every week you see him score a goal or make a play, make a big play in the game that alters the game for his side or the other team to make a good play for his team against the other team, I should have said. But very good player, and uh, he should be there. He's a top – he's a third-round pick. He's a third-round pick. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, Bo Gelsman is easy for me to pick as well. I, I don't have to explain why. You just did. Uh, we kind of talked about him during the break. Uh, again, better situation. Is he there? Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, Panofemis, show guest. Um, like I said, he looked good in his return Saturday. But, yeah, just the injury didn't help. And Niagara being in last in the East didn't help. And it just, just a tough spot for a guy with still a lot of potential. I'm not saying he's not getting drafted because I think he will. But Yeah, he will. I think, I think if he's in a better situation, he's got all this. He's got everything. He's he can skate. He can, he's got the hands. Like it's Pano's a very good player. Uh, yeah. Again, not talked about as much as a second overall pick should be. Again, missed his rookie year, so a lot of that has to do with it. But um, still, a very good player. Um, future of the Ice Dogs. He's gonna wear the C one day. It's just yeah. gonna happen. So. Um, yeah, 
he, I wasn't originally going to go with him, but Lordy made some good points during the break. So. Yeah, I think Pano, the big thing that sneaks out to me, Reese, about Pano, look at, the, look at their Ross, look at Niagara's record. Look at the plus minus. Yeah. So 42 games for Pano Femus is plus minus, minus seven. Minus seven. And I don't know the records off by heart right now, but they're in last place in Niagara Ice Dogs, second last in the league. Oh, 17 and 35 to Niagara Ice Dogs. Pano Femus is a minus seven. He's, and he's been responsible. It's he's been responsible. He's taken he's taken the D zone draws. Reese, I remember in the preseason he was taking D zone draws. Those are big. Yeah, you can't That's say cool. Billy Burke hasn't put him in high yeah. opportunity spots or high pressure spots. Can't yeah. say that at all. He's taking power play draws in late in the game. He's taking that face off with the empty net. Like he he tied the game Saturday because Dakota Betts, whether he missed the net on purpose <laughs> or not, now they got a the net. contract. Tano was right there. Tucked it into the empty net, right place, right time. Yeah, he sees the ice. He, so, he he sees the ice so well. Yep, exactly, exactly. He sees the ice well, and the game is slow to him. It's slow to him. That's the difference between the elite in the in the average. And I watched this on Sunday. Everyone knows I'm a big Cam Allen fan, and he does this very well. The elite players. In the game of hockey, when they get the puck, it's their game. It's their game. It's like you're paying to watch that player because when they got the puck on their stick, they control the game. It's whatever they want to do, they do. And that's what the elite players do. And it looks – and you can see their minds. You can see their heads where they got the puck, and it's like – it's so slow to them. You can see it, and it's so and you get so jealous of it. It's like, oh, that's not fair. That is not fair. But – the puck's in front of them. It's under control. Um, they don't go out of their way. It's easy. And the game looks easy. And that's what Pano Femus reminds me of. When Pano Femus is 19 years old, he's, he's going to be one of the best players in our league mm-hmm. just because of it. Right. Slows the game down just because of that. It's his game. And even at a high tempo, it's still slow in his brain. And that's what, sell- that's what makes elite players elite. Because when the game comes slow to you, you can dominate. You can dominate because that's the big thing. And players always talk about that because that's why in the offseason when players do their training, a lot of it's that high-tempo stuff because when they get in the game, the game comes slow to them. It's slow. It's easy. It's relaxed, right? You get in a tough battle in the corner. The guy's coming at you. It's easy to win that battle at top speed. It's like nothing. Evan Bouchard used to do that. Evan Bouchard's internal clock was like a guy in a rocking chair, slow motion. Almost like, they, oh, no, you're in trouble. Ryan Merkley did it as well. And it's just very hard and very few have it, but that's what makes an elite hockey player. Um, you see Connor Bedard right now in the Western Hockey League, right? That's a slow brain. He can He's go through the legs. Like, yeah, exactly. Antonio Strongest's goal. You know how slow his mind was going? Because if you're going because he read the whole ice. He read the whole ice. He was going to the left and cut right to the middle. He knew he knew he, he honestly he saw that happen. He knew he could put the D. And it happened so fast, but in his mind, it was going so slow. And that just makes – that's just what elite players do. It, yeah, I got that point about Pano Femus, and I had to elaborate because oh, I love I love watching hockey players. That The game just comes slow to them, and it's like not – it's not fair because, like you said, the cheat code. It's like so jealous because, like, 
can you imagine having a very good game, like a high level elite hockey league? And it's one of the best in the league or best in the world. And it's like, this is too easy. It's like too slow. That's, that's a sign of a good player. And a lot of kids are like that now. It's getting better and better. The league is a high-skilled league, like the Michigan. The Michigan's one of those plays where it's like, hey, like, you should not be pulling that off. But, like, you should be rushing on it. And it's like nothing. But, yeah, that's what uh, that's what's really impressive to me. All right, of course, top prospects game, March 23rd at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, uh, 8 p.m. start can't be there it will be on tsn just to let you know there's no basketball on so uh the game will be broadcasted on tsn all right time for a break when we come back player goaltender of the week as well as our featured game coming up this weekend you're listening to the ohl in 60 podcast Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Uh, player of the week for this week, Windsor Spitfire, Matthew Maggio. Three goals, seven assists, 10 points total. And he was a plus eight in four games for the Spitfires. Of course, they are one point behind the Flint Firebirds for first place in the division and the conference you know, they fell 4-3 in Sarnia. Uh, well, I guess it was one week ago today, uh, Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, they bounced back pretty well. 6-5 win over Owen Sound. And then, of course, the two wins against Flint on the weekend. So the native of Tecumseh, which was Windsor, <laughs> doing pretty well in his hometown. So that's cool to see. Um, also in consideration for the award, two London Knights forwards. Luke Evangelista, Antonio Strongis. Knights were 2-1-0-1. Evangelista had 12 points over four games, three goals, nine assists. Of course, reaching the league-leading total of 48 goals on the year. As for Strongis, he had 11 points, six goals, five assists uh, over four games, and he had a five-point night against Saginaw on the Friday that Mr. Ward was at. Yeah, I'm hoping to see 50 on Saturday. I'll be there Saturday at the butt. I'm hoping to see 50 for Evangelista. I'm probably going to be in, probably going to be in Niagara Saturday. I want to see North Bay as we yeah. foreshadow the featured game. Hey, even hey, though that yeah. won't be the featured game, it's interesting. No. Uh, yeah. goaltender of the week, Marco Costantini again, three and zero with a 0.67 goals against average 973 save percentage. Of course, this includes the three, nothing shutout victory at Tim Hortons field a week. And one day ago, 71 of 73 shots. He stopped wild eh? wins over Oshawa, Kingston and Ottawa. First team to reach the 40 win mark are the Hamilton Bulldogs. And they're really good. Yeah, speaking of a speaking of a brain to slow down for a high level play, like that high HQ level, I guess you could say. Um, Constantini, you want to talk about a guy that's like, oh, whatever. Hey, the Bulldogs pull up in the retro. There's only one player that comes out not dressed to the theme. 
Yeah. That is Marco Costantini. Let's say, just go- way- <laughs> say they goal, say goaltenders right? are weird, but in that standpoint, it was pretty normal that day. Drift's pretty normal. Yeah. So. I go- yeah, and I was talking to him about the ice. He goes, ah, it's okay. That's <laughs> just the way he is. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, whatever. Was, like, talk to the goalie, though, about the ice. Eh? Good one, Colin. Yeah, all good. But, yeah. Uh, Bunch second- of opportunity there. And I talked to the goalie. Figures. <laughs> that a boy. Yeah. Uh, second time in the last three weeks, Costantini has taken home this award as well. Uh, also in consideration, Michael Simpson of the Peterborough Peets. <laughs> Well-deserving. 92 of 97 shots stopped. Uh, Pete's were two and one uh, across three of his starts. He had a 167 goals against average save percentage of 948. And Arizona Coyotes prospect Anson Thornton of the Sarnia Sting was two and yeah. one as well. Got his first career OHL shutout. Finished with a 2.34 goals against average save percentage of 931. All right, to the featured game. No, it will not be North Bay and Niagara. Just wanted to put that out there for everyone. Uh, it will be North Bay and Mississauga one day later. Uh, Paramount Fine Food Center, March 27th. It is a two o'clock start between the battalion and Steelheads. And there couldn't be a bigger game this weekend for either team. Mississauga needs to start winning. North Bay needs to keep winning because they are neck and neck at the top of the Eastern Conference standings, at the top of the Central Division standings. Uh, as of Monday night at 9.30 at night, North Bay, 58 games played, 76 points. Mississauga, 60 games played, 74 points. So, fun one. This will be very big. We will be at Paramount Fine Food Center. Yeah. Preview coming back. Second straight featured game with a preview. Not bad, eh? I like that. I Honestly, I like the preview. It gets so excited for the game. I yeah. like doing the previews. They're quick. They're easy. It probably won't be the 20 minutes like before. Yeah, no. It's really outdoors. You, don't have that, you don't have the big lead up to it, but it's going to be good. And um, it's exciting to do that. You know, you get to go in the arena, you get to show the arena off a little bit. Yeah. It's just fun to do. It's fun to get out there to the arenas and do the previews. I, I enjoy it. It's a fun time in the pregame. And it allows, me, it allows us to talk a little bit longer about the game <laughs> instead of going over time like I did today yeah. on the show. It's all good. Uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned at the OHL and 60 podcast. Two o'clock start. It is the North Bay Battalion and Mississauga Steelheads from the Paramount Fine Foods Center. All right, final thoughts of the show. Uh, we say goodbye to my 2016 MacBook Air. Thank um, you. Final thoughts. Yeah, got me through college, so that was helpful. Got me through three seasons with the Niagara Ice Dogs. Boom. But uh, good winning. Damn. The storage so, on this thing. Oh, I mean, I blame myself because I bought it. You say you had a lot but, on it. Oh, I thank my two terabyte hard drive every day. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Although this laptop will always be awesome because it is before Apple decided to get rid of all its ports. So I will give a shout out to that because that is lit. Yes. Not yeah. having to spend $100 on an adapter. On an adapter? Yeah, I don't even know where mine is. <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my backpack. It's well, my backpack. I hope you know where it is if it was $100. But, it's in my uh, backpack. Yeah, no, it had to come to an end. It really wasn't holding a charge all that long. It was dying at 20%. And, uh, well, it would take an hour to 
export videos from Premiere. So it was, uh, it was a good it was a good run of just under six years, but it's time to go. And I welcome the new MacBook Pro 14 inch space gray. <laughs> All the bells and whistles. It's uh, yeah, it's through the two days I've had it, it's worked pretty well. So nice. um, yeah, shout out to the MacBook Air, but welcome to the team, MacBook Pro. Should be fun. Yep. It was a good ride. The title of the show, it was a ride. It, <laughs> it, was, it was great, ride. but good night. Which, by the way, I got a good notification. Morning, good afternoon, good night. Yeah. For Washington Capitals. I got a guess. notification from UPS. My trade-in package will be here. Uh, well, arrived today. But I got that notification Monday night. So huh. That was actually quick. I was surprised. I thought it would take like a week, but eh, not that long. So. Um, anyways, that's it for us this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show again. Uh, the 27th of March, 2 p.m. start between the battalion and steelheads from the Paramount Fine Food Center. Should be fun. We'll be there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, for Colin Ward, I'm Reese Demaney. We will chat again in seven days. Uh-huh.